Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, June 29th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. Coming up on the show today, as we always do, we will talk what's trending in the travel industry, including the safest places for 4th of July travel this year and the return of U.S. cruising. Later in the show, I'll interview Carla McAuliffe, Deputy CEO and Chief Marketing Officer for Malta Tourism Authority. It's exciting times as Europe is slowly but surely reopening this summer. What was the process like in determining when to reopen? Well, it's different for every country out there, but we'll hear from Carlo on what it took for Malta to be able to reopen to American travelers. Now, let's dive into what's trending in the world of travel this past week. We begin with destination news. As we all know, the U.S. is on the safe list for travel to Europe, but where are people actually booking? Travel Pulse reporter Claudette Covey spoke with several travel advisors to find out which destinations in Europe are trending among Americans right now. Greece and Italy have emerged as the most sought-after destinations at the moment. Laura Madrid, a travel experts affiliate, said, quote, We have several clients going to Greece, Iceland, and Croatia and have booked many last-minute trips to Spain, Italy, and France. Richard Turin, managing director of Churchill and Turin, said, There is a slow but growing realization that much that is desirable in 2022 European tour programs will be fully booked if they wait until January. The better agents are concerned that many of their clients who wait to book until the fall will be disappointed by the lack of availability. Some analysts say that the number of European high-end vacationers traveling abroad during the summer of 2022 could triple versus the peak in 2019. End quote. You know, concerns among travelers right now that the experience will be too different. Some people don't want to go back to wearing masks the entire day as they go out and explore. Others are worried about cancellations and testing when they return to return home. All valid issues right now to take into consideration for you or your clients if you're thinking about Europe. You'll have to adapt and be ready for anything, uh, which is just another reason why it's so important to work with a travel advisor. I, I do think that's a pretty interesting statement there from Richard Turin about the traveling abroad during the summer of 2022 could triple versus the peak of 2019. I think this year is a slow, steady incline. Maybe we'll get some, you know, good numbers for European travel in the winter months, you know, as people want to visit Christmas markets and things like that. But I, I do agree, you know, summer is going to be huge. Uh, summer of 2022, that is, is going to be really huge for Europe, just globally too, not just Americans traveling over to Europe as well, but globally. So, you know, you really want to take advantage of that and try to book early um, if you are considering travel for next year when, you know, restrictions should be much uh, non-existent, hopefully, you know, next summer should everything should be back to the way, you know, maybe not the exact way that things were, you know, you hope that, you know, an emphasis on safety and cleanliness and hygiene and everything is, is taking shape in the quote unquote new normal, if you will. I know some people absolutely loathe that phrase there, but that is the, what we are facing moving forward. So We'll get some firsthand insight on the process of opening a European destination coming up later in the show when I interview Malta Tourism Authority's Deputy CEO and Chief Marketing Officer. Meanwhile, here in the United States, Hawaii is now targeting July 8th as the date that it will eliminate COVID-19 testing requirements for vaccinated travelers. The islands are expected to achieve a statewide average of 60% full vaccination rate by early July. Face coverings will still be required indoors until Hawaii reaches a 70% vaccination rate, and then all restrictions will be lifted. Hawaii's tourism rebound will definitely accelerate once all restrictions are lifted, so if you're thinking about booking Hawaii, I'd recommend that you go ahead and book that future trip now before the prices skyrocket, as there's going to be a lot of people heading out to Hawaii, um, especially if you're located on the West Coast, you've no doubt thought about Hawaii, or maybe you've already been. I would love to hear about your experience 
uh, and you, any upcoming trips you have, especially because this is a big coming weekend, July 4th weekend. Many top destinations in the country will see a surge of travelers because of the holiday weekend, 4th of July. The busiest days for travel this holiday weekend are likely to be Friday, July 2nd, and Monday, July 5th. Uh, Chicago's O'Hare International Airport is expected to be the busiest airport for Independence Day travel, boasting 100,000 more departing seats than the next two busiest airports, which are Los Angeles International Airport on the West Coast out there, and then American Airlines hub Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport in Texas. So we also have um, a recent report from Earhart. They ranked the safest states to visit this 4th of July, the 10 safest states and districts uh, this 4th of July based on the latest COVID-19 data as well as local travel requirements and restrictions, vaccine progress, and more. Coming in at number one was Vermont, number two, Massachusetts. Hey, that's good for me because I will be traveling to Massachusetts this coming weekend. Um, Number three, Maryland, Number four, Connecticut, and number five, Washington, D.C. You can check out the rest of the top ten over on TravelPulse.com. WalletHub is reporting that New York is this year's best destination for Fourth of July travel. On that, I think everyone has their own specific spots that they love to go to, but based on you know WalletHub's data, that's what they're seeing. They are also projecting 48 million as the number of people who will travel more than 50 miles from their home This holiday weekend, uh, 37% more Americans will travel this 4th of July compared to last year, which is just great for the travel industry. Um, As far as spending going, um, which is what Wallahub really focuses on, some data there, uh, $7.5 billion. That's the amount Americans plan to spend on 4th of July food. Uh, $1.4 billion is the amount that Americans plan to spend on 4th of July beer and wine. Kind of thought it'd be higher, not going to (laughs) lie. 62% of Americans Uh, believe that saving money is more patriotic than spending it, and 36% of Americans are spending more money this 4th of July compared to last year. Not a surprise there. Less restrictions going on. Domestic travel is booming for sure. Air travel is on the rise. We'll get to more um, on that when we cover airlines here in a minute. But continuing on with some recent trending data, uh, Google dropped some great insight to the pent-up demand for travel as well as post-pandemic trends. Search demand for travel in May was up 270% compared to May 2020, and it's expected to continue to grow as people search more about travel online this summer. Searches for, quote, can I travel have jumped more than 800% within the last month alone, and inquiries for Travel 2 and Hotel Booking app have climbed by more than 100%. 50% of Americans expect travel bookings to be flexible in terms of convenience, penalty-free change, and cancellations. No surprise there, as Given everything that's happened over the last year, people want to be able to have that flexibility when they travel. According to Google, also, the millennial and Gen Z generations are the most eager to travel again. The next-gen generations, as they uh, lump together, are being called, is uh, represents more than half of all Americans right now, and a whopping $350 billion in spending power in the U.S. So to my travel advisor friends out there listening right now who don't have many or any, Millennials or Gen Z clients at the moment, this is definitely an area you you will want to target this summer. Uh, Get with them and show them the true value of working with a travel advisor and you'll have a client for a long time. If you have any thoughts on millennial and Gen Z travel and working with them, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Podcast at travelpulse.com is the email to reach out and let me know your thoughts there. So moving over to cruise news, over the weekend, Royal Caribbean Celebrity Cruise launched the first ship sailing from a U.S. port in over 15 months. Cruising is back, baby. Let's go. 
Uh, and just today, the Freedom of the Seas received its conditional sailing certificate after its test cruise. So it will officially resume revenue cruises um, from Miami on July 2nd. So it's been a wild ride for the cruise industry for over a year now, but the return is upon us. More and more cruise lines are going to start getting those conditional sailing certificates. It's just only a matter of time. Um, and all of that is great for the entire travel industry. Many eyes will be closely watching the cruise industry, especially in July's restart here. But, you know, the cruise lines have a great opportunity to show just how safe and how great cruising can actually be. It's a polarizing subject for a lot in the travel industry. So if you have strong opinions about it, let me know. Podcast at travelpulse.com is the email. Now moving along to air travel news to wrap up what's been trending in this week. The past weekend, the TSA recorded the biggest single day and the biggest four day stretch since last March of a screening passengers. Love to see that they did it over 2.1 million again um, this past Sunday and throughout the weekend. Uh, big numbers. Obviously, I think we're going to see massive numbers again this coming weekend for the 4th of July. Um, so stay tuned to the podcast next week as I'll touch on that for sure and see if we set any new you know pandemic era records there. So if things do continue at this pace over the summer, by Labor Day weekend, we could be looking at similar numbers to 2019 travel, which would far exceed many experts' predictions for the recovery of air travel. A lot of people saying it wouldn't happen until 2022 or 23. So I'd love to be able to you know, exceed those expectations there. But I do think numbers will drop off and it'll be a slower fall as families get back to their routines and kids get back in school. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if people or families who typically don't opt for any type of travel or any type of fall break vacation, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them do opt to uh, make a trip this fall somewhere. So uh, I think it just that just goes with a lot of the pent-up demand that we've seen so much and people's desire to get out and travel. And, you know, some people may be saving um, the summer here and saving up some money and not want to get out in the heat and anything. So you know, make some trips this fall or people that are retired too might just continuously be traveling this summer and then on into the fall. And I know myself, I would love to get out there and do a uh, new England, um, leaf peeping some fall foliage. That would be a lot of fun. So, uh, but fall is a long way off. We've still got a lot of summer here to get through. Um, but air travel numbers are good there. Another good sign for air travel, United made the largest plane order in company's history and the largest order by any airline in the last 10 years, a clear signal that it believes that the resurgence of air travel will continue. So operating under the tagline of United Next, United will purchase 270 planes and will retrofit 100% of remaining mainline narrowbody fleet to transform the customer experience and create a new signature interior. Pretty exciting, you know? Um, everyone loves new and exciting things. So I think that's something big for United to, to go on. And if you're um, an aviation geek out there, you know, I think you're, you're going to want to jump in and, and check out what this United Next is going to be all about because that is roughly 75% increase in premium seats per North American departure, larger overhead bins, seatback entertainment in every seat, and what it says will be the industry's fastest available Wi-Fi. So I think fast and available Wi-Fi should become a standard norm on all flights in the future here, and it should be free. This is what the people want. Let's figure out a way to make it happen, right? Uh, one final news item here in air travel. Uh, Frontier Airlines has rescinded a COVID recovery charge that was in place for less than a month after receiving backlash on social media. So Frontier was charging passengers an extra uh, $1.59 per ticket to help offset costs associated with the pandemic, including personal protection equipment such as shields and face masks, as well as costs related to sanitizing planes. You know, an extra $1.59 doesn't seem like that much, but when you got bailout money from the government, is this really the look you want to be out there to customers uh, as travel picks back up? No, it's not. 
especially considering Frontier last year, they did try adding a fee to charge uh, to block the middle seats between passengers. Uh, ultimately, they withdrew that last May after, you guessed it, facing negative reviews and tons of backlash. So, Frontier, I don't know what's going on in your headquarters there, but, uh, yeah, some interesting decisions made there. So, it's smart on them to rescind that, though. That was the right call, and they didn't waste that much time on it, but, you know... It's just, uh, you know, businesses trying to generate revenue. I, I, I get it in that sense, but you also have to factor in public perception and how people are going to take that, especially when you got bailout money. So that wraps up what is trending in travel. Any additional thoughts, drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. And now joining the show is Carlo McAuliffe, Deputy CEO and Chief Marketing Officer for Malta Tourism Authority. Welcome to the show, Carlo. How are you doing? Thank you, Eric. Thank you for inviting me to the show and a warm welcome uh, from Malta to all listeners. Wonderful. Yeah, exciting exciting times in Malta and all of Europe right now. Reopening. We're in this reopening wave. So tourism is, is coming back. Travel industry is, is looking up, picking up. So, you know, for Malta, you guys decided to open up on June 17th. Uh, just could you tell me a little bit about what it went into that process of deciding that day to reopen and also determining which states you would allow from, from the U.S. Uh, to make the approved for travel list? Yes, indeed. These are very exciting times, very busy times. But we're really happy to have tourism flowing into our islands uh, after a year or more of, of, of very little tourism due to the pandemic. Uh, basically, it is, it is the scientists that decide when to open up or not. Uh, they would be uh, analyzing uh, publicly uh, known uh, data that we can see on the internet. They will be looking at, at the statistics, the, the vaccination, vaccination rates in the different states and the different countries, the, the virus strain that would be active in the different uh, regions of, of the US in this case, the mortality rate. So basically we have very regular meetings with the health department, with the health authorities in Malta, uh, to, to analyze the situation in the different source markets. And we've been looking at the United States for a number of weeks before we decided uh, for, for, for uh, announcing the opening date. And we saw that the situation in the US was uh, improving rapidly. The, the, the number of vaccinations was going at a very high, uh, very strong rate. And uh, when the scientists felt that it was safe to open up for tourism, uh, we agreed on a plan and we set the date as uh, June 17, as you mentioned, to restart uh, our tourism to, to Malta, US tourism to, to Malta. Uh, nonetheless, during the, that time, uh, the MTA, through our offices in, in New York and our partners, uh, have been active still on the market. We uh, couldn't tell now that Malta does not remain on top of mind with the US trade or the US public, the, the, the American public. And we've still been active with our PR, with our advertising, with our uh, general marketing activity uh, to ensure that uh, we keep passing positive message about the attractions of Malta, the experience that one can have when, when visiting Malta, to keep Malta on top of mind so that when the time comes that people can start rebooking travel to Malta, will be already there and on, on top of mind with our uh, potential uh, visitors and uh, we'll hit the ground running, as they say. Uh, yeah. During this time, we've been very active with webinars, with workshops, uh, attending virtual fairs, 
We've been very active on social media. We've had some TV coverage also, press articles online especially. And uh, we've been very active with inspirational uh, exposure of the Maltese Islands, showing what the Maltese Islands can offer to the potential visitor. Because the Maltese Islands, Malta Gozo and Camino, are not the, the, the typical Mediterranean islands. We're actually a vibrant city, vibrant city on an island, enjoying beautiful seas all around, welcoming people, great climate, but still, it's not a sleepy island, but we're vibrant with diverse uh, activities to follow and enjoy. So we really need to, to keep pushing our messages to show that Malta uh, can offer a very interesting experience to anyone that chooses to, to, to fly over and discover the heart of the Mediterranean. Definitely, yeah. It's it's a beautiful region, and it's an area that is really kind of booming up over the last few years. So for people that do want to go, uh, what do travelers need to know right now before entering Malta? Uh, what do they need to prepare yes. for? Uh, travel to Malta has been booming, as you mentioned, until 2019. Uh, we've reached uh, record numbers. The U.S. market is one of our top 10 source markets, so we're really happy with the way things have been. Uh, progressing and developing with, uh, with the US market, North American market to Malta. Uh, at the moment, uh, anyone traveling to Malta will need to have a PCR test, a nasal PR, PCR test, that the, the swab for this test needs to be taken within 72 hours of traveling to Malta. So on arrival in Malta, one has to have a negative PCR test that was taken not earlier than 72 hours before. Uh, that is what we're asking. Uh, there are a number of states. The states that one can travel from are, are known. They're listed on our website. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to review uh, the list of states and uh, add others to, to, to the list. Uh, when traveling to Malta, one needs to fill in a passenger locator form as well as a passenger declaration. For basically, the locator form will give details of the person in case uh, one has to tell us where he's staying or she's staying in case we need to contact them uh, for some reason or another uh, due to COVID uh, case that could be on the flight to Malta. Uh, and the passenger declaration form asks the passenger to declare that he or she has been in a safe zone and one of the approved zones and one of the approved cities for 14 days before traveling to Malta. Uh, we're doing this to, to keep uh, the islands uh, safe and uh, uh, for both the visitors as well, the local population. We have very low uh, rates at the moment. Uh, today, for example, uh, there were only five cases of COVID and three recoveries. Yesterday, we had no cases of COVID or new COVID. So uh, basically, at the moment, the, the islands are uh, practically uh, COVID-free uh, with uh, isolated cases. And uh, we're going into the travel. And, and uh, yes, it's a, it's a bit of a hassle to have a PCR test before traveling. But we're doing this to keep the island safe for both the locals and uh, our visitors, our estate. That's visitors. great. That's great. Yeah, uh, show up with the. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry. No, go ahead. Continue. No, continue. 
No, no, the, 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 these forms can be downloaded from the Visit Malta website. Uh, we encourage, uh, we encourage uh, travelers to, to download them before and fill them up so that uh, one avoids waiting time, both at, at boarding, when they are uh, checked before boarding the flight to, to, to Europe, uh, as well as on arrival in Malta. Uh, we encourage everyone to, to download these forms from visitmalta.com website or the Malta Airport uh, website, uh, so that one is prepared for the, the journey ahead. Anyone arriving for some reason or another without a negative PCR test uh, will have to go into quarantine uh, in a quarantine hotel in Malta and until a negative PCR test uh, will have a negative PCR test uh, result from that person. But the, these are uh, is very rare that, that this, this happens because the airlines are, are checking the PCR test uh, papers uh, before allowing boarding to flights to, to Europe. Oh, okay. We're doing this, uh, I repeat, to keep everyone safe. Yeah, that's, that's great. I think that's a, an awesome approach there. So make sure that you, uh, if you're interested in traveling to Malta, you know, get your PCR test 72 hours before arrival and you download those forms ahead of time. Um, that's the smart way to do it so you don't have to wait when you arrive. So um, when travelers do arrive, though, uh, what, what can they expect? How are hotels and resorts handling the return? Well, basically, at, at the airport, uh, we're really organized to check these, these, these uh, submissions, these locator forms. We're going digital with them also. Uh, so it will be, uh, it's not as fast as it used to be before, but, but it's getting faster as, as, as things pick up. And uh, in, in the destination, things are practically back to normal. Uh, we're using our advertising uh, slogan, Feel Free Again. Uh, one fits free again, but of course, we're observing the safety protocols uh, nonetheless, even though uh, more than 50% of the population has had the second dose of the vaccine, around 80% of the population has had uh, the first dose of the vaccine. So uh, we're really in a, in, a, in a good position in that sense. The hotels and the resorts are all open, uh, bars are open. Uh, However, they're, of course, uh, following the safety protocols of social distancing, sanitization, uh, staff are wearing a face mask or, or visor, uh, the coaches the, for, for traveling uh, to, to different uh, places in Malta are operating still at half capacity. Uh, we're encouraging small groups, we're encouraging groups to organize themselves in, in, in bubbles, in small groups, and keep the bubbles so that uh, we have better control of, of, of uh, the, the, the situation. And, and other than that, it's practically uh, back to normal, enjoying a beautiful stay in our islands. Of course, we're always on, on the lookout, we're always uh, making sure that the safety protocols in industry are, are being followed. Our personnel, the Malta Tourism personnel, Malta Tourism Authority personnel, visit the places of, of uh, entertainment, the bars, they visit the hotels and, and the restaurants and the different, uh, even excursion programs to ensure that, that the guidelines that we have been given by the health authorities, even by the World Health Organization, are being observed for the safety of, of, of everyone. Uh, we do this in, in a positive manner, not to fine or, or, 
or 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 or, or uh, do something to anyone, but to encourage that we do not let down of our guard. We to to keep safe for for everybody. Yeah. So. Um, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned earlier that you guys are seeing a lot of um, arrivals from Americans o- over the years and doing really well there, and you're excited about that. So what do you think it is about Malta and its sister island that makes it so attractive to Americans? Well, I think what's, what's, what really makes it attractive is that it is, it is a destination that has been discovered rather recently, and it is a destination that is full of history. It's brimming with history. Uh Lately, there has been a TV production uh, on, on one of the channels. I will not mention any channel. I know the restrictions that we have. Uh, that has said, that said that Malta has several layers of history to discover. It is a place where uh, it is the melting pot of civilizations. Those that have no Malta, those that have been to Malta, will know that it is the place where Europe meets Africa. It is the place where the East Mediterranean meets the West. And that is why uh, these islands are often called the heart of the Mediterranean. There's a diverse history uh, coming back from from Neolithic times with the archaeological sites. There's a, we've had the Romans in Malta, uh, the Arabs, the Knights of St. John, the, the British, the French. And all this one can see when visiting the island. It's like walking through history. It's like, uh, like going back into a time machine. And uh, we have been lucky that we managed to preserve uh, a lot of, of, of sites, attractions, and places that showcase the different periods in our history. More than that, the Americans and even other visitors uh, love the welcoming uh, local population. Uh, we are uh, accustomed and we welcome tourism for many years, and it is a way of life for us. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of history. And I know people are super excited to, to get out and explore the region. The Mediterranean is such a popular area, and like you mentioned, there's so much to do. And I think um, you guys have a lot of luxury stuff too that's really enticing too. Can you talk a little bit about you know, the luxury of the Malta, uh, luxury hotels and curated experiences? Yes, uh, this, this has been uh, a product that has been developing as tourism was going through the, the, the record years for Malta. We had 2.75 million tourists in, in 2019, 700,000 cruise visitors. And this attracted uh, quality tourism, quality uh, brands to invest in our islands. And uh, over the past years, we've been uh, get, attracting these big brands, these world-renowned brands, both in the uh, hotel industry, as well as, as even in the, the shopping, uh, and in the luxury brands industry. And they've been investing in Malta, opening uh, their, own, their own hotels in Malta, opening shops. And in general, there has been uh, an investment, even by the local businessmen, to uh, upgrade the product that we offer. Uh, we decided to go for quality rather than numbers. We've been, yes, the numbers have been wrong, but we've been improving quality all around. Uh, the hotels have done major investments to, to uh, upgrade their, 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 their facilities. New hotels have been built with the latest technology, uh, eco-friendly, climate-friendly. We've invested in, in our uh, HR, in our human resources and industry, 
upskilling and making sure that we offer the best service to our clients. Uh, villas, luxury villas have been have been offered for 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 long stays in Malta. Uh, rustic townhouses full of history uh, are being offered for for tourism. Uh, 500-year-old, 600-year-old palazzos in Valletta that used to be uh, the residence of the Knights of St. John are now uh, hotels or they, they were the, 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 the houses of the noble families living in Valletta or Indina. They're now uh, beautiful boutique properties, each with a style of their own, each with a history, with a story to discover. And uh, parallel with that, our, our services, our, our HR services, the people servicing the tourism industry have been upskilling their employees, uh, offering more exclusive tours, private tours, rather than the big numbers that we often see with the uh, different destinations, with many other destinations. We've been investing with private tours for those that uh, want to experience uh, an individual experience, uh, private experience with, with uh, experts in the field. For example, our curators, our museum curators, experts of ours are offering private tours at the St. John's Cathedral, uh, private tours in, in, uh, in our uh, fine arts museums, archaeological sites. So there's been a, a general move for, for luxury tourism as against mass tourism. And uh, this is our plan for the next 10 years. We need to do this because we've reached a level of tourism and one that one cannot sustain by growth in numbers. So we're, uh, with the help, I have to say, of the pandemic, we had time to, to, to uh, rethink, uh, plan a recovery uh, plan and, and then revitalize our tourism by going for more quality, uh, quality in terms of of the service that we offer and attract uh, quality tourism onto our islands. And this really uh, has been the, the way forward that we, the direction that we're giving to the tourism industry in Malta. That's great. Yeah, we're seeing a, a lot of uh, interest around luxury travel and a shift to there, I think, will be really good for Malta. So, also, we've got cruises too. You know, I know we had a recent announcement with, with Viking. So, what's the latest around cruising to Malta and, and sort of the future too of what you envision? what you hope for uh, when it comes to cruising in Malta? Uh, cruising is an important uh, element in Malta's tourism uh, for two reasons. One of them that is, uh, brings to Malta around 700, 750,000 uh, cruise visitors, which are extra to the 2.75 million tourists that visit the islands for the day. And many of these visitors, they wouldn't know what to expect in Malta. And as I said earlier, uh, Malta is not the typical Mediterranean island. When they go on shore uh, for a few hours in Malta, they see that their perception uh, of Malta uh, was wrong. And many of those that visit for a few hours <clears throat> uh, actually decide to come back and visit the islands uh, for, with a longer stay within a couple of years. This is proven, this is uh, told to us through our surveys and uh, that, that visitors to our islands fill in, and many, there are many, a significant percentage who tell us that they came to our islands first uh, on a cruise ship, but then decided to come back because they realized that there's so much to experience, 
so much to explore that one needed to come back to fully appreciate what the Maltese islands are offering. Uh, Viking Cruises is a really uh, welcome development, uh, especially uh, in these times, and we're really looking forward to have a long relationship with the Viking Cruise Lines. Uh, they will be starting their cruises from Malta on the 11th of July, uh, taking advantage of the great connectivity to our islands, uh, flight connectivity to our islands from, with connections from mainland Europe, uh, taking advantage of our uh, position in the center of the Mediterranean that allows uh, cruises to have one of the most beautiful ports in the Mediterranean uh, as their home port. Uh, people fly in, enjoy a couple of days in our islands, uh, pre or post cruise, and then enjoy cruise uh, to different areas of the Mediterranean. Viking cruises are offering cruises to, 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 to the departing uh, Malta, going on to Gozo, the sister island, and then to the Adriatic uh, Sea, different destinations on the uh, Adriatic. And then there's also cruises going west, uh, visiting ports in Italy, uh, France, and Spain. And Malta's location also allows that one can plan uh, cruises to the Eastern Met, uh, cruises reaching Greece and the, the Cyprus and other islands. So our location, the central location of the Maltese islands in the Mediterranean, uh, allow for such uh, a renowned cruise line to base their ships in Malta and offer different experiences to their esteemed clients. Uh, the great connectivity to Malta from the European airports allows for anyone traveling from North America to connect in the different airports in Europe to Malta. Uh, it could be Paris, it could be Rome, it could be Milano, it could be uh, Brussels and other, other places in Europe. But then later on, as numbers pick up, uh, cruise lines are also planning uh, direct flights, direct charter flights from New York and Chicago, uh, direct flights to, to, to Malta. Uh, these flights would be bringing in around 350 persons per, per flight uh, to basically fill, in, fill up the, the cruises uh, leaving Malta. Uh, we're really happy with this development. Uh, we think that we have an optimal location in, in the Mediterranean and one of the most beautiful ports in, in, in the world. Uh, this is not me saying it, I could be biased, but this is what each and every uh, captain of ships coming to Malta, of cruises, cruise ships coming to Malta, I know for a fact that they advise their clients uh, when they are coming in, don't sleep late, enjoy the beautiful scenes of coming in, uh, entering Valletta's Grand Harbor and enjoy the beautiful uh, buildings uh, around the Grand Harbor. These buildings, most of them have been built uh, by the Knights of St. John more than 500 years ago. The Bastions, the, the Auberges, um, it's, it's a really something that one cannot miss when visiting Malta. I've been on a couple of these cruises and even uh, I myself uh, uh, is always, you know, when coming in and saying, well, this is beautiful. We're really lucky to have this. 
Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Breathtaking. Um, I can't wait to get out to Malta one of these days. It is definitely on my bucket list. A beautiful region. Um, visit Malta.com is their website. You definitely want to check that out. Um, looking at it right now, it's a beautiful picture. Um, big promo right there is enjoy 3,000 hours of sunshine per year. I love that. It was raining all week for me, so I am very much wanting right. to get into the sun. So that would be uh, wonderful. So thank you so much uh, for joining us today, right. Carlo. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you for, for, for having me on, on, on your show. Well, the temperature I can see right now is 40 degrees Celsius. Oh, yes. So it's really hot. So yeah. when I leave the office, I'll go home with a cool drink and stay in the shade. Sounds like a plan. Well, enjoy your weekend, Carlo. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to jump on and I uh, hope you have a great one. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, a warm welcome to anyone uh, choosing to visit more than the coming months. Thanks again to Carlo for jumping on the podcast and detailing so much about Malta. I can't wait to visit one day. So if you'd like to be on the show or you have any thoughts or comments or feedback about today's show or Europe in general, love to hear from you. Podcast at travelpulse.com is the email. Uh, no podcast next week as I will be traveling and on vacation um, unless something unforeseen happens and my trip gets ruined, which if you've listened to the podcast at all this year, you know that I've had a couple trips have been canceled and had to stop at the last minute. Um, so who knows there? But uh, if you don't see anything next week, know that I am on vacation and traveling. So hopefully you have a vacation coming up soon and can get out there and explore the world as it is finally uh, reopening up for travel. Love to hear it. So that wraps everything up. Thank you for listening, folks, and have a great week.